Welcome to the Art of Unraveling podcast. My name is Erin McGuire, and I'm an empowerment coach and guide here to empower you into feeling completely worthy of a business and life that you love. This podcast is the place to learn how to unravel anything keeping you from that abundant, beautiful life that you so deserve. Nothing is off limits here as we navigate life through psychology, science, and spirit. Let's get into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of The Art of Unraveling. You all know how excited I get when I do these interviews. They're so much fun. I learn so much. Uh, You all respond so well to them. And so today I'm, as always, super excited. I have Chrissy here from B1. She owns B1. Chrissy, I'm terrible. I this has happened to me so much. What is your last name? I am such a first name basis person. Like last names, I see it a million times on Facebook. And Mueller? No. Yes, Mueller. Okay. <laughs> I'm the same way. I'm the same way. That's embarrassing. I should have had that written down in front of me. No, anyway, it's totally good. You all know this is we we're just real here. We're real people doing real things on this podcast. So Chrissy Mueller is here. She owns B1. She took it over recently and she's just killing it and so much fun to watch on social media. Please go follow her at B1 Yoga. (laughs) And um, I'm so excited to have her here because she's just a ray of light and she's a mover and a shaker and you all are going to love her. So Chrissy, welcome. Thank you. What a nice intro. Thank you, Erin. You're so welcome. Is there anything I missed that you want to also add to that intro? I know you're a mother of two. Three. Three. You just you just don't get to see my oldest. You're all good because okay. he's he he is actually turning 21 tomorrow. So um, okay, that just doesn't even seem possible that you have a 21 year old. Oh my gosh. Yeah. He's um we grew up together, but um he yeah, so he doesn't live at home. He hates to be in pictures, you know, you know how it goes as they get older. So you don't see him as much. You're always seeing me with Nash. who's like with me all the time in social media (laughs) and then Rylan when I can catch him. So you're not the first one to sometimes wonder how many kids I have. (laughs) (laughs) It's all good. It's all good. (laughs) I did know you had one in college, but I guess I forgot about anyway. doesn't matter. Yeah. Yes. Doesn't matter. (laughs) The boys don't like to be in pictures as much. So you're, you're, you're figuring it out as you go. Exactly. (laughs) Well, we're so happy to have you here and um, tell us a little bit about like, and we haven't, we're not getting to the meat and potatoes quite yet, but tell us a little bit about taking over B1. Like what's that journey been like for you? And B1 is a, Um, for those of you that don't live in Dubuque, B1 is a yoga studio that's been here since I moved to Dubuque in like 2015, I think. Um, And so that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was pretty amazing. I took it over last May 16th. I did not know it's been that long. Yep. So it'll be a year in May. And then I think you're right on with the year that it's been open because we celebrate our ninth birthday being open, um, next, next week, next Saturday. Yes. Um, so it's been pretty amazing. I mean, I started, um, you know, I went to get my 200 hour because I was teaching high school at the time and I wanted to bring it into the high schoolers more. I already had my um, 95 hour for teaching kids, but I thought for high school, I should get into more of the adult side. And I never had any intention of even teaching a yoga class. And, you know, I found B1 and 
then Callie kind of does her thing where she's like, okay, yep, you're going to teach this class and you're going to teach this class. We all joke because we're like, okay, okay. And before I knew what I was teaching and, um, you know, loved it. And then um, I became manager of B1 and that was a lot through the health issues that my husband has. Um, just for people who don't know anything about me, he's had two liver transplants. He has an autoimmune disease. So just it got hard, like with the teaching schedule and all of his health stuff coming up, that it was this opportunity that Kelly presented me with to manage. And then I could step back from teaching and have a bit more of a flexible job. And then uh, COVID hit and there wasn't really room for, you know, manager anymore. A lot of small businesses were struggling. So I went back to teaching thinking it was going to be the right timing because Brandon had actually been healthier for a while. And then about halfway through that school year, he started struggling again. And I was like, oh my gosh, we need to reevaluate life once again. And Kelly and I had kind of been talking back and forth for a little bit. But the first year I was off, I was just kind of figuring it out, doing all kinds of different jobs just to make, make ends meet. And Callie and I talked about it for like a year. I think a lot of people don't realize that. They think it just one day. <laughs> Callie was gone and Christy was in. And we had lots of conversations, lots of back and forth. And it really got to a point where I had given up on it pretty much that that was going to happen. And I went to have a conversation with Callie and she was like, well, what are we doing? Like, why aren't you just taking this over? You know, this is this is what's meant for you. And I realized that it was a lot of fear that had been holding me back. And so I said, you know, you know what? You're right. Like it's time. And I swear the second I finally said that the universe heard it and it was whoosh, like a roller coaster from that point to taking it over and everything happening was I had blinked and it was, it was done. Wow. Yeah. So it's been, it's been amazing. And that fear turned into this is right for me. And this first year has been absolutely amazing for a lot of reasons. Uh that is so cool. And it's been so fun to watch Chrissy. Like, yeah, it, yeah. I know nothing's ever easy. I'm sure, you know, there's only, I'm sure there's been hardships or struggles as you went through, but it looks like it's just been smooth and amazing. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah like your purpose work for sure. Part of it or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's difficulties, but really a lot of it has gone super smooth from the transition to, I mean, and we had such a, an amazing staff there and such amazing community there. Luckily they were already familiar with me. I had already been in a lot of those roles. And I mean, I, I still remember, I think about this day all the time. One day when I was mopping, when I was managing <laughs> and I just had this thought like someday this studio is going to be mine. But at this point, there was Callie was never going to sell B1. So I'm like, why are you even thinking like this, Chrissy? But it's like, I just knew it in my head at that moment, mopping. And now still when I'm in the studio mopping, I'm like, you said this was going to be yours. I think in my vision, someone else was going to be mopping and I'm still doing that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> You're like, and then I don't have to mop anymore. <laughs> but that's not true. That's not true. I'm cleaning way more than I ever was before. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh yeah. my gosh. I love that. Yeah. I think that speaks to so much. Like, you know, you just have these little in inner knowings and you don't, you don't have to know the how or the when, but that something in you just knew that that's what your fate was. And yeah, I love that. Yeah. The universe works in such 
interesting ways when we just get out of the fear, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's really always interesting to me when you can see all these pieces that don't make sense along the way, but how they really do all connect. And yeah. And we, we want to explain all those little dots or those weird twists and turns that we take with our life. But, you know, Rachel, Rachel Harwood, you know, her too. She reminds me that our idea of time and our idea of what we spend our money on and our idea of what we invest in is different than like our higher self's idea of that. You know, we're always trying to explain every time we like veer off the path, (laughs) you know, like, oh, there's Chrissy teaching. Oh, no, now she owns a yoga studio. But if you saw every dot, it it all connected. It makes sense. And you needed Mm -hmm. all those pieces to step into the role that you're in now. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, we could totally talk about that all day, but you know, as you know, (laughs) yes. And well, maybe we'll circle back around to that at the end, but, um, as we know, this is the art of unraveling. And so we always like to know, not that it has to be depressing things that we talk about, but it's through our unraveling, right. That we inspire others, um, to step on that path or whatever that looks like. And So I always like to ask the guests, you know, what are you currently unraveling or what have you unraveled recently that has made an impact on you and that you've seen transformation or shifts from? Yeah. So I think something that um, I've committed to since the first of the year, I was kind of joking with our YTT peeps about this is I know I own a yoga studio, but I can absolutely admit that it's taken a long time to find a daily meditation practice you know, to really stick with it. And I'm really excited that since the first of the year, I have meditated every single day and I have my routine. Yes. Yes. I can totally, you know, give me snap. Snap. (laughs) And, and I think one of the things I've really been diving into it or into with it is doing some inner child work. And I think I had heard about inner child work a lot or how you're supposed to acknowledge your inner child or whatever. But a lot of times it's like, well, how do I really do that? Or or what does that look like? Or what does that mean? You know, it's kind of like you hear it and sure, we know there's wounds, but how do do you dive into that? And I think that's what I've been playing with. That's amazing. I know before the call, Christy and I were talking and I was just kind of getting a feel for what she was going to talk about. And she mentioned inner child and I'm like, in my world, everybody knows what inner child work is. And that's like old, that's like last year's, that's so last year, right? And Mm -hmm. I say that jokingly, I very, very jokingly, because I realize a lot of people don't know what it is. They don't know what that entails. And so I thought this was like a great topic for today because, and even if people do know what it is, there's layers to inner child work, right? It's yeah. multifaceted. So what, do you have a certain process that you you use? Are you just meeting your inner child in meditation or what's been but, useful? Yeah, so I think I kind of started with, I didn't really even know how to do that, right? I'm like, okay, I'm gonna yeah. dive in. I know there's stuff to be healed because the, the meditation journey actually started, it was a Gabby Bernstein 21 day manifestation challenge. And I love Gabby Bernstein and I'm all about manifesting. And so it was, I'm going to start with this and then other stuff started coming from it. And obviously they say, 
you know, when you're manifesting, you can't manifest from a place of fear. Um, you know, that doesn't happen. And obviously, a lot of times our fear comes from old wounds or whatever's not healed. So I just kind of kept unraveling, as you say, like little pieces of how to even get to that point. And so I think it started just with little things of a version of Chrissy. Um, I, I like to say it's probably usually like my seven, eight, nine-year-old self, which makes sense because that's when my stepdad died. And that was a really, really big, big um, time in my life where I think a lot of wounds were not healed from. So, so that part made sense to me. Right. And it started with, you know, her just kind of being there in some of the meditations. And um, sometimes it was like her hugging me or me hugging her, it kind of felt like this back and forth relationship between she sees me now and like what I've done and how I've grown. And I see her and want to, um, you know, let her know that, that it's okay. And um, it, it's like, it was this kind of just relationship that, and it would maybe even just be for a minute of meditation or two minutes or a hug or appearing. But there's so many other things that we start to feel from that when the meditation is done. Like, what did that mean? And as you're journaling. So that's kind of how it started. And then I listened to a podcast by, um, it was with Lewis Howes. Have you heard of him? Mm -mm. Um, he was on with Gabby Bernstein and okay. he was talking about all this work that he's done and he puts like a screenshot on his phone of a different aged version of him, like for a while and does this healing work. And so then I kind of heard that and I'm like, yeah, like you've only been meeting nine-year-old Chrissy. Like you need to start. I, I don't have tons of memories of my childhood, so I couldn't go back to like one or two or three-year-old Chrissy, but like the Chrissy versions that I remembered, I'm like, all right. I think what, what Lewis is saying is you need to expand out and like meet every version of you and, and be okay with all those shadow sides of you, like the parts of you that you're ashamed of and the parts yes. that you, that you loved, like you have to learn to love all of it. So now there's like multiple versions that come into the meditation. And I try to like, be aware of that. I know in meditation, you're supposed to let go of your thoughts and see what happens. But when I'm trying to purposely, like purposefully be yeah. healing, I kind of try to say, all right, now we're going to go with middle school and that stuff you did in middle school. <laughs> and now we're going to go high school and now we're going to go this and even into my 20s, you know, so I'm trying to expand it out. So I don't always think of inner child as just, I guess it's expanded from inner child, thinking of like a young child to learning to appreciate and love all the shadow sides of me and all the mistakes I've made um, with much more intention because they, they have each made me who I am today. Does mm -hmm. that make sense? 100%. Yeah. 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 And it's, and when you do that, it's like you're integrating those parts into you too. Otherwise, like the shadow part, they kind of wreck havoc in your life, right? That they, they are the fear and the, all the, the trauma responses that we hold all come from those younger parts of ourselves. So yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. There's so much to say about <laughs> child work, but <laughs> I, I, I want to hear more from you, but I could talk about it forever too. Yeah. I love, I just want to speak to one thing like that I think is really important. Um, that you touched on 
that I came to conclusion of this, I mean, probably before, but really this year, the beginning of the year, I taught a, um, a new year's manifestation class. And I realized that in order to get to manifestation, in order for your things to manifest, you have to go into the shadow. And that's what not very many people talk about. Mm -hmm. It's like manifestation is awesome, but you don't, we don't realize that we're actually manifesting through the lens that we're looking through. And if you have a little wounded child within you or many of them, like I know I do did, um, that's actually, you're actually trying to manifest through those lenses and it's not going to come to fruition in the way that you'd like it to, or it's not going to be that quick, you know, Mm -hmm. thinking it and then it arrives. Yeah. Yeah. So I I love that you touched on that. Yeah. I think there's big pieces missing with it, right? It all starts with, we think of the first of the year we make our vision board and we look at ourselves there and then we're like, oh my gosh, why isn't that happening? And yeah. Right. Like, oh, I made the vision board and I said what I wanted. Um, Mel Robbins kind of got me realizing with the manifestation piece that you have to feel each stage of the way, like visualize the hard and the easy and, and feel it. You know what I mean? And like, you have to have the feelings attached with it. And then Gabby kind of introduced me a little bit more to like that inner child work. And then Lewis, I started diving more into the shadow work. I watched a documentary that Jonah Hill documentary Stoltz. Did you see it that he did with his, did you see that one? So So good. good. Um, but that shadow, I was like, oh, I could feel that part with Jonah Hill and what, what the therapist was saying. And, um, and Stephanie Grutch, she told me too, like, you can't manifest from fear. And so I think you're right that there's this huge part that we're missing because when we're playing small, when we're people pleasing, when we're not speaking our truth, when we're doing all these things from all of our old wounds, how can we move forward and do the next thing? Because first we have to work on, on us. So I think that that's huge. And I think a lot more people need to dive into that. Yeah. But it's scary, right? I mean, going into the shadow work, going into painful things that happened to you when you were a kid. Like I remember the first time I got introduced into inner child work, which was so long ago. And I was, she was like, yeah, I need you to work on this every day for a week for like 15 (laughs) minutes. And I was like, what? (laughs) You know, it was just like, absolutely not. Um, So it's it there is a fear there but what we're trying to say that's important is that you can't really have the things that you want including happiness including joy like you you can have those things but there's going to be like this it's like here's what you want and there's like this this stuff between what you want and where you're at and it's yeah when you go through that stuff you actually get to what you want so much faster because you don't have those filters that the universe has to kind of sort through. Cause it's like, you're sending yeah. out different signals anyway. Yeah. I don't know no, if that's I agree making any because, sense. Yeah, no, it does. Because I remember even when I like, you know, was going to counseling and I'm sitting there thinking, you know, why do there was a part of me that's like, why are you asking me to unpack this or unpack that? Because I'm, I'm good. Right. You want to say like, I'm good. I'm happy. Like, why would I want to dive into this stuff? Why would I want to risk 
unraveling. Once again, your word coming up. Why would I want to risk feeling this like deep pain or sadness? Like if I'm, if I'm okay, I've already done a lot of work to be okay. And so I think it has to feel safe in the way that you do it so you take it in very baby steps like trust me i'm just starting and like i'm sure i'm still only going to certain places you know because i still want to feel good i still want to be okay at the end of the day you know i don't want it to be like wow you guys like wow chrissy chrissy went so far down this inner child hole we can't get her back up for a while you know like i get that we have to do it in a safe way when we're doing the work when we're doing the inquiry. So I totally hear what you're saying. So I think for a long time, I felt like that's what it meant that mm -hmm. we were going to deep dive and just be hurt and depressed and wounded all over again. So I think you have to find the method and the way that works yeah. for you and feel safe and the people in your life that kind of introduce you to it in ways that you're like, okay, I, I can do this. I can take this baby that. step. I can see this part. Right. That's my opinion. Like I had to find, I had to feel comfortable because sometimes I'm like, oh, you want me to unpack? I'm out of here. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Right. <clears throat> oh, so good. So what do you feel like are some things that you've learned or unraveled through inner child work? Like what has your inner child brought to you that have been maybe a surprise or... Is that a good yeah, question? Yeah, I think. <laughs> like, yeah, I think. I think some of it is just realizing, like, I mean, certain small things are even. Gosh, why? You know, why do you even look at that part of you with shame or like you did something mm. wrong? Like, you were this old and you knew this, right. and 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 you didn't. You know, you didn't know better. Like, you're you're learning, and um, <clears throat> you know, there was a point when, like, my younger days you know, my stepdad died. I mentioned when I was nine, mm -hmm. my dad and I lost connection for a while. He's very much in my life now, but there was a big chunk of my life when he wasn't there. And I think I didn't want to pay attention when people talk about how you could have dad issues or abandonment issues, you know, you're like, okay. Right. But I did look for attention from boys in unhealthy ways. I did want to be seen in unhealthy ways. And then I think all of a sudden I connected very, a lot of shame to that. Mm -hmm. But now I can say like, Chrissy, you know, you were hurting. You were trying to figure life right. out. You were not like you were lost. You were, it's okay. Like, I think it's those little, little moments of forgiveness or seeing it from a different lens that, that start to make a difference. Um, with all of the decisions and realizing that in every moment we were doing the best that we could with what we knew at that point in our life. For sure. For sure. Yeah. And why do we feel like, you know, now that you talk <clears throat> about shame and it's like, well, why do we feel like we are supposed to be perfect all the damn time either? Like, where did I that know. come from? Mm -hmm. Right. That's another, another trauma wound that somehow got wired in there. Um, yeah. The unshaming process is huge. And that sounds like that's what you're doing through inner child work. And that is huge because shame is the lowest vibrational frequency that we can tap into. Yeah. Yeah. And we all carry it around to some degree or another. We shame ourselves a lot of times, even unconsciously shame how we look, you know, mm -hmm. as women, 
shame that we wanted attention from men. You know, they're like the shame list is long. And I think for anybody listening, if you can, uh, you know, think about unpacking that kind of stuff, um, that's what leads to freedom. And I'm talking about like, just like freedom to be joyful, freedom to just be who you are. Because as long yeah. as you're throwing around shame, you're trying to, I don't know, do something for other people. <laughs> yeah. You're feeling bad about who you really are, which is not, not conducive to joy. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, I think it's kind of just really trying to see that. Yeah. I mean, even when we made mistakes, well, number one, when you say, why don't a lot of us talk about it more? Why don't a lot of us see it that more? I think that's one of the problems is <clears throat> we don't say me too, or same enough to each other, you know, or we right. don't share enough. So then on top of sometimes wondering, you know, why we do the things we do or why things happen to us. And then on top of that, it's really hard, especially when we're younger, I think to find those very safe friendships. I mean, yeah. now I can feel like I have my soul sisters that I can say anything to, right. but I can't say I always had that, you know, and, um, so there's also this thing that we do to each other as women, as moms, as wives, as all of it, that, you know, we don't talk or we don't share or we try to pretend that it's all good. You know, I, I got right. it handled or I don't know why you don't have it handled because I do or yeah, my life's perfect. And I'm not even saying we're doing it purposely to each other, right. but it's just kind of like what what's expected of us in society in some ways, you know, or um, even the shame that society in general puts on women in a different way. It's just, you know, there's so much to unpack there. So we have to be our biggest advocates for saying, you know, like I said, you, you were doing the best you could with what you knew at that time. And I just keep telling myself, look at what directions you could have gone in and look at what directions you chose to go in. And you know, that's been really powerful in itself is that like, I'm choosing the work over and over and over again, or choosing to like evaluate or look at things and reflect over and over and over again. And, and I think even if I keep getting it wrong over and over and over again, that it still says something to choose to be in the work. Does that yes. make sense? Yes, totally. Totally. That what you were just describing there made me think of um, one of the niyamas in yoga, right? Svadhyaya, which is self-study. Mm -hmm. And the, the yamas and the niyamas are just like yogic philosophy for those um, listening. But um, svadhyaya is just a Sanskrit word and it essentially means self-study. But like that is my favorite of the yamas and the niyamas because I, I'm obsessed with psychology so mm -hmm. of course I love the study of self and like, that's what you're describing. And, and yeah, if we are willing to, and that's like saying, you're never going to be perfect, right? It's like, you're going to blow up at your spouse sometimes, or you're going to say the wrong thing to your kids, or you're going to tell your boss, like, I can't do it all or, you know, whatever it is. And it's like, spadiaya self-study is like, you go back and you're like, okay, why did I have that reaction? Mm -hmm. It's just, it's just self-study. It's just being willing to try to understand why you, you do what you do or did what you did and being open to changing that behavior, I guess, in whatever ways. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. 
And it's not always easy. Um, no. But um, yeah, I mean, it's helpful. It's just, you, you know, I mean, there's even, because I, I actually thought that I was past a lot of the stuff and I had a reading with uh, Mariah and she said something about shame coming up. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, aren't we past that? And I'm like, dang it, I have to deep dive there again. <laughs> like, but I think what I'm saying is that I think I moved past it because I'm a different person, but I didn't go back to like, accept and love that person. And then this person, and then this person, and they're all me. But I think that was another piece of the key was like, you, you can't just acknowledge those sides. You have to learn to like love, hug, embrace those sides and like thank those sides. Like even on our worst moments, like to say, I love you and thank you. And, and you still helped make me, me like that was kind of a little missing piece for me too, was you can't just like acknowledge it, but almost to love it all. Does that? Yeah. I don't know yeah. if I'm explaining that right. No, that's so good. It's so good because I think we do that. I think especially when you're in like a spiritual community or a yogic community, you know, yoga, this, the essence of yoga is to reach samadhi, which is this enlightened state. Right. And mm-hmm. I did the same thing. I think a lot of people don't do that, but I think what you are explaining, like, well, didn't I get through this already? <laughs> um, I have done that so many times, Chrissy. And it's just like, I think I blame yoga a little bit for that. Not the workout of yoga, but like yogic philosophy. Cause it's, it makes you feel like I must not be there yet. Mm-hmm. If I'm still having to work on the shame, then there's something wrong with me, you know, like, I haven't healed all my wounds. And I, I'm like, I've been working on my mother issues since like 2007. So, and they still come up. Yeah. Yeah. No, they do. Yeah. um, Maybe they always will into some degree, but it gets easier when you do what you're talking about, which is you're going in and you're, you're being with these younger parts of you and you're loving on them and recognizing that they're still a part of you and giving them what they need in the moment. That's how it it evolves 100%. Yeah. Um, There was something else interesting that Betsy Rippentrop um, had said when she came to one of our yoga yoga teacher trainer train. Oh my gosh. Trainings. I can't talk um, that I didn't even realize like with our chakras and our sacral chakra and um, about how like women, like that's where we carry a lot of the shame. And then that's also where we carry, you know, when we have babies, when we gain weight, when we have our periods, when we have any of it, it's all here. And then we even have shame around like that. And, you know, that was even another piece for me because I went through a big um, weight gain portion of my life too, before I had, or after I had, before I had Caden and then even after I had Caden and I went through, um, yeah, I was a much different person. And, you know, even that, like, so it's, it's, it's interesting, all the things we realize we can carry shame around that, that you don't even realize or getting my period when I was in fifth grade and the other girls didn't. And you know what I mean? Like, but I didn't realize that we carry so much of that in that area, which is such a big place, like our womb, right. Literally of the woman. Um, so even like learning about where we carry the energy and how that works has been really interesting for me as well, or, or things that maybe I didn't even realize could bring shame that, that do. Cause that's such a big word we use. Like such a big word. What does that mean? Like, what are we shameful for? Or it's that word in itself is even weird. Or why would I feel shame? But then when you unpack even that word alone, you're like, Oh, 
okay, you know, this is, this is what that can mean. Or maybe it's just even parts you're embarrassed of or that you think or the shoulds that we did to ourselves or that society does to us, you know, um, totally. or the expectations that are placed on it. There, there's just so much to that word even um, to unpack. I don't know. I don't know if I'm rambling now, but that was just another kind of thought that I had. You're not, you're good. (laughs) Yeah, no, I think that's a good point. Yeah, there's so much to unpack with shame too. And it's so multifaceted, like everything else, you know, Mm -hmm. there's levels and layers to it. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else about inner child work that you want to share that has... I'm I'm um, I'm not coming up with questions about inner child today for some reason. <laughs> no, <laughs> I mean totally I know I've done a lot of of it myself too, and it's yeah. Um, it's I think I think another piece that has helped mm-hmm. is um, because, and I think this also comes from our yoga journey, and you know what we talk about with it um, with forgiveness and not holding on to you know anger or resentment or all of the things that end up. Oh, I knew the dogs were going to go. <laughs> I'm going to mute for one second. No problem. I'm sorry. You're There's good. always the dog things. Um, <laughs> that's what happens when you have four dogs. And now I'm going to have my daughter yelling. I'm going to go into the other room. <laughs> sorry. This is all real right, life. Everyone. It's all good. I know. Well, it was like loving the sunroom and the temperature in there, but I'm going to go into the back room and see if it can keep us a little quiet. Same, but um, Oh, with, with forgiveness and, you know, not holding on to things because of what that does to us ultimately versus other people. You know, I've really had to dive into that learning. Um, but I think that's just one other piece with the inner child work I was going to say is that for me, what's come up is that it's really all about my relationship with those different phases of me and whatever's happened. Um, and that I don't go back in any way to see whose fault it was or who did what wrong or this or that. Um, and that even working on like forgiving, um, any of our decisions or mistakes, it's also, you know, being okay with, I'm not saying like, it's easy when you're in an extremely traumatic situations. I'm not trying to downplay that in any way. Do you know what I mean? But, um, to also work on releasing any of those feelings or anger towards others as well. And, um, being able to just practice letting it go and that, like finding that love for ourselves, ultimately, like whatever people can't see us or love us in that way. Like, it's just a really also deep dive into just the self-love journey. And, you know, even people who couldn't show up for us how we wanted them to, that we can still choose to show up for ourselves in that way. That's kind of powerful too. Like, Mm, yeah, you know, that at the end of the day, we, we, we have our, ourselves and, um, that self-love piece. That's another thing I think we throw around so much, like right, love yourself, right. self-love, blah, blah, blah. What does that, what does that mean? You know what I mean? And, um, yeah. and really working on, on, on that piece too. Like, what does that mean? How can I love myself? How can I love myself enough that it's okay? What person A, B and C do or don't do. And, yeah, I just wanted to say that last piece that I think that's something else I practice with. Mm. Um, not only kind of trying to let go, but just like loving, loving 
all parts of me enough as well that I don't need to look for that externally as much. Ooh, yes. Such a yeah. good point. Such a good point. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I love that you said um, loving yourself enough that you don't, it doesn't matter what A, B, or C person does or didn't do. Mm-hmm. Um, Right. Cause it's like, even in your, your intimate relationships or your deep front, your closest friendships or whatever, it's like, Oh, this person didn't do this or they didn't say this mm-hmm. or they ignored me or they avoided me or, you know, like we can, but when you're good at, like, I call it holding yourself. And the only way you can learn how to hold yourself is by mm-hmm. holding yourself in painful moments too. Like when the pain comes mm-hmm. up, do you run and you know, scroll through Instagram or smoke cigarettes, you know, like we have a million Mm -hmm. and one different ways to, to escape reality. But when you can hold yourself and, and know that you have yourself, it doesn't really matter what anybody else around you does. And I think you don't get to that level of holding until you hold what you're talking about, which is your pain and your, the parts of you that are hurting and you're kind of going in and reparenting those. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard. It's a, it's a ton of work. I mean, it's a ton of work. It's constant work. Yeah. Um, you know, I think um, what's weird is as I've uh, dove in a lot more to trauma, I think I started getting a lot more into um, learning about trauma as a teacher. Obviously, you really have to start learning about it as a teacher. Um, and then, you know, even with kids yoga, you know, I know Molly and Challenge to Change talk about it a lot. Um, and I'm actually with my master's program right now, I'm getting a certificate in trauma, um, just mm-hmm. to learn about it more. But what's interesting too, is I think for me, I even thought for the longest time that like trauma was only, you know, the kid who grew up in the household where they were abused every single day, or, you know, only the person who went through this experience. And so I just kind of played off that I had none. Right. Cause I'm like, sure. Like nothing was perfect in my life, but was anything God awful that I could barely survive? No, you know? And so I tried to think even play it off. And then I remember when I was talking to my counselor and I started unpacking, you know, stuff from childhood, stuff from Brandon's illness, like, hello, thinking my husband was even going to die twice, but like, oh no, what do you mean? And, you know, and then when she's like, um, you got some trauma there. And I'm like, wait, what? No, I don't. I mean, did no, I, not me. <laughs> yeah. And, um, so even that in itself, like to be able to, I think sometimes we don't even want to say, oh, we have trauma or, or cause we want right. to not even cause we're saying it's bad. Cause we don't, for me, I didn't want to take away from others that I felt like, oh my gosh, Ooh. how did you survive this experience? You know, like right. I had students who, the situations that they were in, I couldn't imagine upon anyone in my life. You know what I mean? And all I wanted to do was hug them and take all of it away. And I couldn't. So then when you hear stories like that, you're like, oh, you know, we get stuck in this comparison thing. Mine isn't as bad. Mine isn't that bad. So then we downplay our own stuff. And um, so I think even being able to just, yeah, minimize it. So even just being able to realize that all of our experiences matter and that at the end of the day, I don't know anyone who doesn't have trauma now when we really deep dive into what it is um, and that it doesn't need to be the most horrific thing that you could ever imagine in order to want to go and heal it. 
And sometimes when you really sit down and start looking at things, you can even see even more, oh, wow, I have gone through this. Okay, I have overcome this. I have grown resilient to the, you know, like it's 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 a way to kind of unpack um, where, you know, things that have happened, but also even a way to acknowledge what you've overcome or what you've done. You know, I think when we minimize what we've been yeah. through, we minimize what we've overcame. <laughs> oh my gosh. You are so speaking my language. Yeah. I even made a, a video about that once, not that long ago. I think a big healing I had around exactly what you're talking about is I would, you know, because I had childhood trauma, it ro- wires your brain differently. Like mm-hmm. if you live in a state of constant, uh, they call it cuts, constant, unpredictable, toxic stress, your brain, like they've studied mice and they put them through all these like crazy, unpredictable stressors and their brains change. They become depressed. They become anxious, Mm -hmm. you know, all the things that trauma, early childhood trauma, but any trauma can lead you to do. And anyway, one of my biggest healings um, in the last year has been realizing, because I think when you have a brain that's wired differently. It's like, there's just sometimes there's days I just can't do certain things. And I Mm -hmm. can really beat myself up about that as a business owner. It's like, oh my gosh, I'd be so much further along if I had X, Y, Z done today. And now I have, you know, and so a big healing for me was recognizing, um, I've actually been through a lot of trauma, like acknowledging it, it, which is what you're saying. It's like, Mm -hmm. I think when you work around a lot of people and you hear horrific stories as I do, and it sounds like you did too with children and adults as well, like, it's so easy to minimize. It's so easy to go, well, mine wasn't that bad. Like, I just need to move on. Like, come on, pull up your big girl pants. Let's go. And Mm -hmm. Yeah. When we don't acknowledge it, then we can't do exactly what you just said, which is celebrate what we have done, Mm -hmm. even though we've had adversity. Right. And that actually builds confidence and builds strength and builds resiliency. So I think you just, you sum that up so well. And I just wanted to like touch on that, but like maybe in a slightly different way for people too. like, you have to, it's not sit around and wallow in your trauma or even Mm -hmm. when you're doing inner child work, it's not meant to, I know earlier we're like, Oh, what's going to happen if I start doing this? And am I going to be like, you know, a crying mess every day. And in my experience, I'd be curious to hear yours, Chrissy. I know we we're coming to the end here. It's not like that. It's like, I kind of have these emotional releases. Um, it, it, it go, I go through kind of like a kind of really scary thing when I'm in the meditation and then I have an emotional release and then I just feel better. And then it's mm-hmm. like, I can move on with my day and I'm not like, processing for hours and hours and hours, you know, it's just kind of like your body needs to release this stuff too. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, I think that was another really hard lesson that I learned with, um, the, you know, I mean, Brandon's been sick since basically, you know, we got married and, um, what I did was what you do in trauma is you shut down parts of you that you don't want to feel. You shut down, right? Like we go into our robot mode, our protection mode. And um, it was at one of the yoga festivals. I don't even know how long ago those were. And they have the booths and I forgot who was there. And she's like doing my chakra. And she said something to me like, your heart chakra is like closing so much. You are not taking care of 
your heart and your needs. Like mm-hmm. she's like, it's wow. to this point where I'm feeling like if you don't start nursing your heart and what you need, like it's gonna like close down. And I'm like, what? I mean, it was something dramatic that she said, right? And I'm like, what? But I realized by trying to not feel the bad things and the hard things, I blocked myself from fully feeling the good things and the joy too, right? Because if you're not willing to feel all of it, right, then that option is going to be, right? Like on, so here I am like, okay, I'm fine. Power through, power through. I'm raising my kids. I'm working. Everyone thinks, oh, you've got this. And, you know, Brandon's whatever. I don't even know if he's okay, but I got to put on a smile. And then I'm like, you know what? I I don't, I don't have to put on a smile. Um, It is safe to say I'm not okay. It is safe to, um, to let it out. It's safe to cry. It's okay to even tell the kids like, I'm really scared too. I'm really sad too, you know? And I, I wanted them to be able to get their emotions out. But once again, we think we have to be strong, right? And right. I protected myself so much from those things that I protected myself from things I didn't even intentionally mean to I, like blocked it. So it wasn't protection. And it was like protecting myself from this. So blocking myself from this and feeling the good too. Yes. Oh, so I think so it's powerful. Yeah. So I think it's kind of what, what you were just saying that the hard work sometimes actually it hasn't been <laughs> as hard as, um, you know, you think it's going to be most days. I think I thought that too, that once I started unpacking, I'm just going to be laying on the floor and even if I've had a couple days of like laying on the floor crying, then all of a sudden you are, you're okay. And you just made right. it through that. And now, and then it gets safer to feel things yes. and it gets safer to, to dive in a little bit. And then you do, you have this release, you acknowledge it, you feel it. And then it's like, okay, we can, we can move on from this. Um, so I definitely agree with you. I think that's, that's what you touched on is that what I was afraid of ended up being not as scary as I made it out to be. And it's also helped me open up to, yeah, to more, you know, to more joy too. Yeah. Christy, do you have time for one more question? I know you have to go. Yeah. Talked a lot about Brandon's illness. And so I think people that don't know you that might be listening to this, they might be like, Mm -hmm. how is he? Like, you know, like how's her husband now? So what do you feel comfortable sharing about that? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, he, I mean, he's doing good. He's had two liver transplants. He still has his autoimmune disease. The second transplant took much better than his first. Um, I mean, we could have a whole podcast on. I was going to say like, yeah, I'm getting like, there are people, like, I'm just feeling into the energy of people that like the trauma that that causes of having to caretake a loved one. And, um, you know, like Mm -hmm. that's, that's a, I think that's a whole podcast in itself. People that have to take care of, of people. Yes. I have said so many times that I want to do more for caretakers. Mm. Um, when I hear about people that are sick, I have my empathy for them and I see their process, but I also right away even see the caretakers and I try to reach out to them and say, like, I see you. You know, I know what you're going through. Do you need something? Because um, I don't think a lot of people even meant to, but I can say for the first, besides some of my really good friends for his first transplant, 
I mean, even my own parents, sometimes I think it was always focused on Brandon and Brandon's health and this. And, and there were times where I'm like, can anyone, like, can anyone see me? I still remember like I was, he was really sick. I was in the target parking lot. My grocery bag broke and all the stuff fell like in the parking lot. And it was like one of those weird days in Dubuque where no one even stopped and helped pick up groceries. Like to me, that's a weird day in Dubuque. I feel like we're all... And it, but it was like the meltdown day, right? Like I'm yes. not even seen in the parking lot when I'm dropping my groceries. And if only you guys knew, like I haven't been seen for five years. I mean, I know I'm laughing at it. It was, but there is, so this is where I'm saying to you, yes, that is a whole like podcast, a podcast that needs to happen um, on what it's like to caretake. I learned that there's anticipatory grief that I didn't even know existed. Um, like wow. I didn't know that term existed. Um, I did not either. Ooh, that's been a deep dive too. So that, um, yeah, let's like save how the big this conversation can get. But to wrap up your question, um, he's he's good. Um, it's been better than it has been. You know, the, the second transplant was much better and it just kind of goes up and down. They take care of things as they can. But um, I mean, our day-to-day life for the most part is much more normal than than what it used to be. Okay, that's good. Yeah, that's good. Yes, yes. But yes, um, yeah, like the trauma of all of that, the trauma of being a caretaker and and not feeling seen. And I, as you were saying that, I was like, that was the universe being like, hey, Chrissy, when are you going to ask for help? When are you going to ask for help, Chrissy? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I had plenty of people. Trust me, some of them are probably listening to this being like, girl, you can say you weren't seen, but you also didn't ask for help and did the I'm fine. And oh, yeah. right, like. But to that point, that's what we do. Like, if that's how yeah. you've been wired that, you know, like you, you, you know, we've been wired through people pleasing and, and all of that. And like, you know, it, you're not taught how to ask for help, then yeah. that's going to feel really scary. That's really scary to a lot of people asking for help. Yeah. yeah. It's another thing I've, you know, like gradually been trying to get better at, but I mean, you know, I'm still guilty of it sometimes. Like, why aren't I handing off one of these 20 to-do list items? But, you know, I don't know. Um, but I'm getting better at it. And that is, yeah, in itself, it's all these different things. I love um, even learning about human design with um, Kristen Kilberg and diving in. I know you're like, oh, yeah. Um, but all of the deconditioning we truly have to do. And that's what yoga teaches us too, right? It's not what we have to yeah. learn. It's what we have to unlearn. And this is what you're saying. It's not that you have to ravel tighter. You have to unravel. Like, this is the part that is the work is like, yeah. Yes. Stripping mm-hmm. all of who you And that's why it's a lifelong process, because you're going to strip everything that you think that you are, all the walls you've built up, because the real you is like underneath all of that. And and you find that that's not, she's not that much different. She just doesn't have all the the walls and stuff. Well, Chrissy, I know you need to get going. Um, Anything you would say to somebody that's in the middle of unraveling something hard? Um, already, you know, I've given us so much advice already, but. Oh, I, I don't know. I don't know if I have, but, um, you, you know, I just think, I just want 
you know, I think it's just important for all of us to support each other, um, to share our stories, to um, let people know that, you know, we're all in this together, um, that I see you if you're, you know, in the work and I honor that. Um, and yeah, I mean, when it ever, if it gets too hard, make sure you reach out. But that sometimes I also want to let you know there are safe ways to to do it, to work on some of this healing, to work on, um, yeah, some of this unraveling. There, there are some safe um, beautiful ways of doing it. And I hope that, you know, everyone can find that and feel that. And it's a constant journey when you were like talking about the yamas and niyamas, how we get to enlightenment. I'm like, God, that feels so far off, <laughs> but we are working on it every day. Every but, day. Um, okay. If I'm getting there, let's go universe. <laughs> right. Right. Healing. As they always say, it's like this, it's up and down, up and down, you know, the, oh my gosh. Like this straight up thing. Oh and no. It just is what it is. And yeah. Part of healing is being okay with wherever you are. Uh, that is part of the healing process. Exactly. Well, thank you, Chrissy, so much. If you are in Dubuque, go check out B1 Yoga. Check out Chrissy. And um, I just wanted to share too, because we were talking about inner child meditation. Um, for those of you that are listening and you want to get kind of started on this, or even you, Chrissy, if you want to mm -hmm. check out. Um, if you go back through some of these podcasts, or maybe there's a way you can search, I don't know, but it's in the past. I've, I actually uploaded my inner child meditation to this podcast. So it's a guided like 15 minute journey. Um, that was the very first way I learned how to do inner child work. So if you guys want to listen to that, check it out. Um, that'll give you a nice little journey into inner child work and yes. We love it all. Oh. We'll have definitely have Chrissy back for um, talking about care, being a caregiver and um, what goes into all of that. But we appreciate you for being here. Yes. Thank you so much for having me and hope to see you at B1 soon yourself. And quick question for you. Do you also yeah. in any of those um, older our meditation ones, do you have any cord cutting ones? Ooh, I don't have those. I don't have a cord cutting one here, but I have mm -hmm. one on my, um, in my little shop. Okay. Cause that's another, sometimes you get to these points as you're doing some of that inner child work and healing that there's also a little cord cutting needed. So I'll get that one from you too. Okay. That sounds good. Yeah, that's definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I have a bunch of guided meditations if anybody is curious, but the inner child one is right here on the podcast, but yeah, cool. cord cutting is definitely <laughs> that's, a whole, cut from anything. that's a whole other part. I know you're giving me so many ideas, Chrissy. We got to have you on more often. <laughs> yeah, There we go. <laughs> All right. Thank you for being here. We so appreciate you. Thanks for listening. Thank you. And we'll see you all next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you liked this episode, make sure you subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. If you would like to connect with me more, you can find my website, my services, and my social media links all in the description of this episode. Remember, you are a beautiful and divine and powerful being, and it's time to own it.